started doing this thing now where uh, we are going to count to three, and then we're going to all say, welcome to the clam bake together. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. Okay. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the clam bake. Welcome to the clam bake. It's a fresh take on a question all this time. Special, a very special uh, out of town guest, celebrity guest. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta be consistent though. We gotta introduce ourselves. Oh first. yeah, we gotta introduce ourselves. Dang we gotta it. try and get a format going. Okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> I'm Angela Gauntler. I'm Lindsay Stidham, and this is welcome. This to the is clan welcome bake. to the clan bake. We talk about, we explore what it means to be a feminist in the year 2017. Right now, right now, theme by theme, with guests specific to that theme, week by week. Yeah, the opposite of a sausage fest. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bunch of people who identify with j- vaginas. or Ta- Talking. Or, yeah, talking. Clams. clams. Bunch of clams talking. Bunch of clams talking. Here we are. Here we are. We're, We're here. back. Ah! That's pretty right. good. That was good. That's all. Good job. Good job, us. Good job, us. <laughs> Today, we have Miss Barbara Jean Weiss-Tester, also known as my aunt. Hello. Welcome. She's Thank you. She's looking cute with her little headphones on. This is my very first podcast recording. We're so glad you here. It's going to be perfect. And it may be my last. But <laughs> it won't. No. I think you're going to go off and start your own podcast. Possibly, I think you're going to get addicted. Yeah. Possibly. This may just do it for me. Yeah. Um, and usually what happens when you appear on a podcast, you become guests on multiple podcasts. Ooh. Yes, yeah. so you're going to be in hot be, demand. Are they going to yeah. be knocking at my door? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. So they're uh, all coming for you. <laughs> if you want Barbara Jean Weiss Tester on your podcast, uh, you can find her. Yeah. Where? Where Where can you find me? Like You don't have to say. Okay. Physically? Or yeah. Physically. <laughs> <laughs> give, you, give us your home address. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say I'm in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck good getting luck through that me. snow. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Good luck. But also tell us a little about you. Yeah. Tell us about you. Um, I am Angela's aunt. I live. And that's it. That's, that's the end. It. That's, that's our whole story. That's all we need to know right there. Um, her mother is my sister. Cheryl. Cheryl. What's up? Cheryl, Cheryl. thinks we swear too much. Cheryl down there. We're going to. No, gonna... Cheryl Keogh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Cheryl um, and let's see so I I live in Minnesota born and raised in Minnesota did spend 12 years in Memphis Tennessee y'all uh, so I've been back to Minnesota five years I have I'm married almost 30 years Congratulations. Thank you. That is an achievement into it, unto itself. It unto is. Itself. Yes. It is. I have two children. Um, Lauren is 27 and oh Brent is 24. Cool. God, I can't um, believe that. And yeah, I live at home in Minnesota and I, I do some part-time work and I do some volunteering and that's my life. That's beautiful. So cool. 
<laughs> well, today today's theme is anxiety. Anxiety. Yes. Oh. Yes. Which I feel like at this juncture in the world is probably affecting most of us. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to admit it or not admit it. Yeah. It's probably affecting you in yeah, some way. In some way. But Angela, why don't you say why you decided to have Barb on in relation to this theme? Yeah. Well, so uh, we're, I'm from Minnesota as well as Barb is. And um, we are from a family of highly anxious women, we I would are. say. It's pretty pervasive. It is. Um, with the exception of my mother, who yes. seems to have somehow escaped she's, the claws. Somehow, yes sideline that yeah it's something that has been a really present part of my life and i know of your adult life barb yes um and barb is this sort of like magical wonderful human being who uh, tends to attract people who might be struggling or need some guidance she's just like kind of a go-to mentor once you meet her you just kind of want to tell her all of your problems um, <laughs> lucky me lucky her <laughs> so I feel like she you know she has had the unique perspective of while not being like a licensed counselor has I, counseled a great many yes let's make that very clear I am not a licensed therapist in any way um, but yes I, I have talked to so many people family members and non-family members about um, lots of mental health issues, but lo- anxiety is definitely a pervasive one. Mm-hmm. And honestly, lots of men too, but um, today we're talking about women. So. Yeah. Well, I learned by reading some of the facts we gathered that anxiety does affect more women than men. Yeah. In, statistically. In like statistically, uh, about double the amount of women than it does men. Right. And it what I think the statistic is that it affects 40 million Americans, and that's what's been actually documented. What You know, that's been what's, like, recorded to and physicians, which is probably just a fraction of how many people actually definitely. suffer from it. Yeah. When I hear statistics, in fact, I've sat through some mental health classes um, through National Alliance of Mental Illness. Um, there's an office in St. Paul, so I've signed up for some of their classes. And that comes up all the time. They put stati- statistics up on the board, but they all agree that these statistics are actually so low from what's really out there because there's just a lot of people that never get help. Yeah. yeah. And they're not part of the statistic then. Yeah. Right. So some of our stats that we have, it's the most common mental illness in the United States. The most common one. Mm -hmm. So 40 million, that's right. Um, And then eight, so 18% of the population, uh, that's, that's, that's staggering. That's like, yeah, that's That's a lot of people. 18% of the population that is like willing to actually get up and go see a physician or has the uh, capability to get to a physician that which is truth too difficult for a lot of people yes um even with the affordable care act it's yeah. tough it's tough um and women are doubly likely to experience anxiety than than men, than men. Yeah. yeah and you know i wonder too with that statistic if women don't tend to get more help because they are talkers talker mm-hmm. outers of problems right um, men don't always like to talk about their problems. Right, like culturally. Sure. Yeah, right. 
culturally ingrained in Unless men. Unless they have a Twitter account and they are leading the free world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And apparently they talk about their problems Just all like constantly. All the time. <laughs> yes, there is that man. There is that man. <laughs> Barb also has a unique perspective of having two children who I have do. struggled with anxiety. Yes, yes. My um, daughter and son both have, have um, had some issues with it. So in their journeys, I've learned a lot, um, sat through some therapy with them, um, done a little bit of my own therapy with my own anxiety. Um, but it definitely has, having my own has helped me parent children with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I not that you're ever glad to have anxiety, but honestly, I'm glad always was thankful I had the ability to understand where they were coming from. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's tough, right? Like anxiety, you hear the word a lot these days, but it's hard to know like exactly what that means. I think it's really hard to explain to people who don't experience it, what it's like to experience it. Um, what would you say, like, for you, when you experience it, what is it like, and when did you first, like, identify it in yourself? Um, my first, where I really thought, this is a problem in my life, I'm going to need help with it, was when my husband and I, when we moved to Memphis, um, which was about... 17, 18 years ago, uh, my husband needed to leave the job he was in, and the, someone approached him with a job in Memphis, and I I just did not want to. I was from Minnesota. I never thought about moving. My kids were in third grade and kindergarten. The thought of moving them across the country away from family mm-hmm. um, was about the most horrible thing I could think of, and the Midwest and the South are very different cultures. And that was insanely difficult. And so um, I would say when we actually got, I was nervous about going, but I wouldn't have called it anxious until I actually got there. And I was there, and I think I felt there was... no escape now. Here I was in this place. I had two children I had to tend to and figure out life with. And it all just seemed insanely weird. And I started getting anxiety symptoms. I very first meal I ate there, I could, I have specific memories of how dry my mouth was. Like I couldn't eat even because my mouth was so dry. Um, you know, at the time of this, I had no hands-on experience at with someone with anxiety. I didn't know the terms even. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know to call it that, honestly, 18 years ago. Um, I just thought, what is happening to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must have been really yeah. crazy to feel like your body is yeah. kind of Yeah, like I have sensations you. in my body I have never experienced before. Um, the next day, I, I needed to go get some food before the moving truck came, and I had what I know now to be a panic attack in the grocery store. And again, I just did not know what that 
was until years later I could say, okay, that was a panic attack then in that grocery store. Yeah. Um, where I just, I left and I, I remember before I left the grocery store, I was having like an out-of-body experience in that I was more watching myself grocery shop. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't in my body. Yeah. Um, and then I... I've told Angela this before, but um, for months, probably almost a year afterwards, every time I walked in any grocery store, I had almost a PTSD. Yeah. Like, I yeah. got the symptoms of that feeling. That first fa- that panic attack. panic attack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't know to get help. I just felt like I had to muscle through it. Right. And that's what I tried to do for years. And I do feel like that time ago, um, I think we're all going to tell slight anxiety stories in a minute, but I do feel like that time ago, you're totally correct that I don't think that that was 100% diagnosable. People would more, or doctors would more seek out what is is physically wrong with you than this is like not... Right. Uh, a mental thing that's going on or, or what have you. Yes, yeah. definitely. And that, I mean, not, as far as the physical thing, that is literally how, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but when we realized my daughter had the severe anxiety she did, um, hers manifested in stomach issues. Mm-hmm. And actually... It was the gastrologist that we brought in to figure out the stomach issues that came out of her endoscopy and had looked at this very healthy stomach, honestly, and said, she is healthy, your daughter has anxiety. I mean, he just, you know, yeah, yeah, blankly And she was what? She was 10? Well, she had had symptoms of anxiety before that. She was about 14 at okay. this point. 10 was her first panic attack right. Not that, you know, that we could go back to and see. Um, 14 was when she would be so sick to her stomach she couldn't make it to school. Right. And she wanted to go to school, but the anxiety kept her from... Um, she was just late all the time, and we were looking into the stomach issues. And so that's when we, for her, she's, she was seeing a therapist and started some medication. Yeah. And, and has been on medication since, and thank God, because yeah. it has basically allowed her to live a livable life mm-hmm. that I don't think she would be able to right. without uh, that sort of help. And lots of, lots of years of therapy yeah. then to, to, to learn tools. And mm-hmm. other things, um, ways of of dealing with it. Right. Yeah. 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 I have very specific memories of her growing up, not being able to leave the house or not being able to be away from you. And um, although, like, I'm someone who, in my late teens and adult life, developed some pretty intense anxiety, I, I didn't understand it when I was, like, you know, 12, 13. Right. Um, it really frustrated me because I just thought, she didn't like want to hang out. We yeah, we've always she didn't so want to play. Yeah. yeah, and I just like What's couldn't understand. On? Yeah, I couldn't understand it, and it was really frustrating for me. Right. And now looking back, it 
it's like a whole different story. Um, yeah. And my heart like really goes out to that little, yeah, that little, little girl. <laughs> that little nugget. That sweet yeah. little angel. Because that's another weird thing that manifests in women more than men is agoraphobia. Right. Yeah. Of not wanting to, to leave. leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not wanting to be in big crowds. Not so to be lucky people. us being women. I Right? I mean, I don't know how I don't know how scientific this is, but I feel like I've heard this before, but it seems and if you look at domestic violence statistics and rape statistics, it seems like pain for men tends to this is a big tens and and men has like an asterisk by it. Um, but like tends to manifest outward where right. pain for women tends to go back inside and that's where you get anxiety and cutting behaviors and other self-destructive case in point somebody's twitter account how things manifest <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. just keep bringing it back yeah i like it uh, yep i probably i probably will yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's a psychological study unto itself it really yes yeah. <laughs> Oof. it is i mean are we gonna keep sharing some anxiety stories yeah yes. all right cool how uh, does it manifest for you for, well mine is my high school anxiety story is is funny Tell so it. That's why I wanted to tell it. Tell it. So we can bring some levity to another series. Yeah, subject. tell it. Make us laugh. Um, in high school, I went to a very overachieving performing arts high school, which all of us now in our thirties. <laughs> now you guys know relatively how old I am. All of us <laughs> now in our nothing th- wrong with being thirty. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's uh, uh, so all of us now who went to the performing arts high school have like who are still really close, and many of us are, and I loved going to school there. It was a very special place. But we've all realized we maybe should be in like post therapy for having gone to school there. Because we were like an extremely competitive class. Like our valedictorian went to Harvard and she graduated with a collegiate degree, high school. She graduated what? with a high school degree and uh she had completed community college already. Oh she did God. so many credits. Wow. Like it was super we our worries were like not like who's gonna bone who our worries we're like we gotta go to Harvard oh, and we were yeah. really competitive with each other but we're also really close in a weird way and I was also performing arts so there was like four women to every one man mm-hmm. so sex sex and sexuality we were like late bloomers because there were just mm. not, the right. ratio was off yeah <laughs> big time and I did I did high school speech and debate and that was like where my anxiety like extremely manifested I was like really good at it my first year uh, and I won a lot of trophies hell yeah you did <laughs> won a lot of contests <laughs> and then for some reason like they just didn't find me as a door I did like dramatic interpin prose and poetry and all the like drama related oh, yeah. events and they just didn't find me as adorable the next year and I didn't Idiots. win as much but I put a lot of pressure on it because my school was really good. Mm-hmm. So when they would announce finals, they would do it very dramatically, Trump Trump style. <laughs> they would like put these posts over like big like they put put them up high of like yep. who bro- who broke. It was called breaking to the next round or whatever. And I would put so much pressure on the success that I would faint at oh high school speech my. and debate tournament. Oh, dear. I would faint whenever they would do the posting. I did that for the first two years of high school. And straight up fainted. Straight up just pa- blacked out, passed out. Whoa. And also because it was a speech and debate tournament where people are experiencing their first kisses. Oh, yeah. Their first, their first of a lot of things. My coach, my freshman year, thought like I had gotten drunk the night before, which is like the opposite of my personality. I was like, no, I got to go to finals. I got to break. Yeah. 
So they called the ambulance and thought that I was like, like something was like seriously wrong or I was like wasted or something like that. The very first time I ever fainted in a speech and debate tournament and I was so embarrassed. It was terrible. And oh I was God. like, and it was like an away tournament. So I'd ridden like a bus from Florida to North Carolina and it was like my first ever. And I was like 13. I was so embarrassed. But I did it like two more times. So in high school, when things like got too stressful, I literally would just pass out. You just pass out. Wow. You, just, yeah. you just were like, nope, your body just right. rejected Done. the experience. But yeah. talking about time period and like how far we've come of being able to talk about these things, like nobody knew, nobody was like, you have anxiety. Right. Nobody Over can. wanting to succeed too much, like right. calm down. Like I went and got like blood work done. They're like, oh. you're, you're borderline anemic. But I, I almost wish somebody would be like, no, no, you're just like, you should like deal with emotionally how much pressure you're putting on yourself. Yeah, there's just not a balance. But happening. ultimately, I think like now I can deal with my anxiety better because I had experienced it so early in my life. Right. right. Does it still yeah. flare up right. for you? Like, how do you when you feel it? What does it feel like? Um, I think it's just so it's just so different now. Like, I'm a grown up. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I don't I don't ever feel like unless I'm like phys- like literally physically ill. I never feel anymore like I'm gonna pass out mm-hmm. from pressure mm-hmm. um, but I do think my triggers are still the same of like wanting to please and wanting to succeed and I think like acknowledging that and being aware of that is like actually really helpful mm-hmm. and being like wait calm down but I'm also an empath so like now I feel like my anxiety is like which we'll get to in a little bit about yeah. how the country is affecting millions of people with anxiety who'd never felt it before right. I think my anxiety actually like stems from like different things now like I'm just oh, like super changed. emotionally affected by things that I probably shouldn't be like I should be able to like separate but I still can't well <laughs> should or shouldn't it should just or happens shouldn't. yeah it just happens, it just happens yeah, to be yeah. the way that you're wired yeah yeah, yeah. and but it's I just think learning how to, to it's somewhat similar but also somewhat different like i don't i don't feel like i'm gonna physically shut down over anxiety anymore mm. yeah. okay and i'm not on medication and i i never saw a therapist i probably should have at the time but yeah instead they're like just make sure you drink juice before you oh, perform. Keep that blood sugar up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're like well hydrated before you do speech and debate. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm like, oh but what if I don't God. win a trophy or get yeah. into Harvard like yeah. a like a freak? Yeah. Which is like a. You That's know. how I was. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So at <laughs> what point did you realize like? I don't think put I realized the label until of anxiety on it. Probably not until way later in life. Okay. Probably Mm. not until, like, I was 25 and was like, wait, it was, like, messed up that I was, like, always sweaty and fainting. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweat. Yeah. That's, like... But also, I grew up in Florida, so like we were all sweaty. You were always sweaty, 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 sweaty always sweaty. Too much hormones. Like, and also, like I was surrounded by people who were also experiencing. Right. So your norm, your norm was off. Our norm was off because I think we would feed on each other. Yes. Because we were all such overachievers, we'd feed on each other's things. Yeah. Yeah. We like kind of sickly enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Brings me to the point that like now that we're all in our thirties and half of us are like married and settled, but like a lot of us are not. like living in weird cities and doing weird things we're all like wait we had a really weird high school experience mm. yeah that is like affecting us Sometimes to this day for better or worse yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i live with p.s shout out to my roommate i live with somebody i've known since i was 13 yeah. now now we all love each other like because we went through weird stuff weird yeah. shit together <laughs> yes. yeah yeah Anyway, Angela. <laughs> oh, I mean, I have a lot of anxiety. I am medicated for it. Um, thank God. Because <laughs> I also have OCD. 
Um, and I feel like I, I'm in recovery for bulimia. I have OCD and um, gen- I would say like generalized anxiety disorder. And they're kind of like this beautiful trifecta of cyclical thinking and obs- just obsessing over things. Um, and I was, I was so similar to you, Lindsay. Yes, yeah. that sounds very similar. I knew Angela all her life. <laughs> I've known her all of my her life. And yes, you're a overachiever yep. as well. Yeah, perfectionist. Yeah. Just yeah. having to to check all of the boxes and do everything correctly. And you know, I remember like having total meltdowns over getting like an A instead of an A plus on a test. Like I get something wrong and I I would I would melt down and I was like hara- like I was harassed for it in in junior high and high school and college and graduate school. I was teased for like how much how much I put into the work that I did like in graduate school. You should have come and found us and joined oh, us. Yes, join us. We would have been like here. we understand my people. Uh, <laughs> like in graduate school, I swear I filled like 20 notebooks my first year just I couldn't not take notes I was just obsessively taking notes and for me like for me my anxiety feels very frenetic um it feels very manic my heart starts to go up and I can't stop moving and I'll start to like pick my nails um sometimes when it gets really bad when I'm like on the verge of a panic attack my peripheral vision will go Mm. yes my most recent panic attack was like somewhat recently. It was maybe like a month, month and a half ago, um, and I just I I completely I didn't pass out, but I completely shut down, um, and I was with my boyfriend, um, Sai, who was on last ep- last last <laughs> week's episode or two weeks ago, two weeks ago's episode, um, and I was just like, hey, I I can't communicate for like an hour, and I just like laid down, and I just had to I just couldn't do anything. I just had to lay there and be really, really still. It was almost like I couldn't get my muscles to work. Wow. Um, That's what it feels like for me. I don't know. I think I guess, you know, you have fight and you have flight, but then there's also freeze. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my coping skills tend to to go toward freeze now that I can no longer use bulimia to manage my feelings. Oh, okay. Yes. So that's a tool. Would you say it's a tool? I don't know. I don't think it's a tool. Or you just go into that. I think it's just what my body does to survive, to survive it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's like the best way I can describe it is just, just like kind of being stuck, standing still and I can't, I can't move. Right. I can't do anything. I'm almost like impressed with the body that like the brain sends so many. I mean, it's obviously difficult to deal with and your body can shut down, but it's like also like a weird testament to the body of these crazy responses we have. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Your body's like, hey, this is too much. I'm not going to I'm not going to do anything for a little bit. Right. I got to reset here. Right. I got to I got to take some time. Yeah. Too. Which is sometimes you you, that's what you need sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's tricky. It is tricky. Would you say, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but as far as your bulimia, was anxiety, how big of a part was anxiety in your bulimia? I think it was a really big part um, because when you eat, when you put food in your oh. mouth, your anxiety goes down physiologically because of the way your body has to go into metabolizing food, you have less, I don't know, I don't know what the actual science is behind it, but this was what I was taught when I was in treatment is that, um, and that's why it's like 
so hard to stop compulsively overeating or to stop binging or to stop self-medicating with food because when you eat the cells or the synapses that are firing your anxiety they relocate into processing food and you do feel relief oh interesting yeah okay. yeah um and so the anxiety hits you eat you feel relief for a little bit right and then you realize that you've eaten and for someone with an eating disorder yes that triggers a whole new set of uh, anxiety that can only be relieved by purging. So it's like anxiety just like checks in every couple of stages. Okay. To yes. really mess shit up. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I can see a big role it plays in that. Though. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's weird for me. I know this is like a little bit different than for for your daughter, but for me, like I'm an extrovert, and this is Lindsay is also in you know, Lindsay and I are both like these very driven outward energy. We want to achieve, achieve, achieve. But while doing that, I still have like profound anxiety and meltdowns sometimes. Like I've had meltdowns after auditions or before auditions, or sometimes I'll see my agent calling and I'll see the name and it'll be like tough to answer it because I have too much anxiety about what, what, the results on the other end of the phone are going to be, which is like totally unfounded because right. then right. there's no evidence that I should be anxious, but it's yeah. not like, it's not like a factual thing. It's just a fear based anxiety response. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. I think what you just made because like, and I, I, I liked so many groups on Facebook that <laughs> um, tell stories you know, like mm. the mighty, which is I think from the UK, mm -hmm. and um, I forget the names of them. But I I've read a lot of stories and a lot of people with anxiety that are extroverts. People don't believe that they have anxiety. Right. I think that's a like someone who's an introvert and and a little bit quieter and shyer mm -hmm. by nature you see that pullback mm -hmm. and so people you know can I, I guess understand then that like maybe something's happening to them but an extrovert just yeah it is just showing up and going out but you don't know like what inner turmoil might be happening right exactly at any moment. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so I think that gets what those stories I've read, especially with on extroverts and anxiety, is it's truly very frustrating to yeah. them because people don't understand mm -hmm. that that how they could have anxiety. Right. Yeah. And from a personal perspective, I feel like as an extrovert, any issues I also would like to hide as opposed to like expose to other totally. People. Right. I like to like marry, you're like managing the way that yes. you're yes. being yeah. perceived. Exactly. Yeah. Which exactly. I feel like it's a very human thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For Definitely. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. What were like some of the challenges for you, Barb, being a, a mother of two children with anxiety? Well, also struggling with anxiety. Right. I had my own. Well, I'll tell you one thing that quick flashes in my mind answering that question is my my biggest anxiety you know I I learned to manage the anxiety from moving 
Um, but what triggered anxiety in me and still does to this day, and I feel like it's unfair to my kids, but it's, it's just what my body does is if they are anxious, I am anxious. Mm. I, I don't struggle a lot anymore with constant anxiety. Mine is very situational and I even called moving to Memphis. It was, it was that situation. It triggered it for you. Yeah. Um, so mine kind of comes and goes it's not constant like my daughter's um she's just always had it since birth I, I now can look back to her her infancy and say "Ooh, she always reacted to overstimulation too much she always had to pull back it's like her her something about her is extra sensitive yeah she is she's she's got a lot of sensitivities it makes her a beautiful person she's an artist and a creator and very perceptive but yeah she has to pull back sometimes and recharge and uh put some tools in place with her anxiety um but a lot of times when they were both living, they don't live in the house anymore, but if they were living in the house and they were having an anxious moment, and I'll just be honest, and this is kind of maybe too much information, but one of, especially Lauren and I, we're in the bathroom. So she would be like, I could feel her anxiety. She's in the bathroom. I'd be in the bathroom. And then I'd get frustrated because I I couldn't help my own child right. because I was dealing and I'd be like, you got it, okay, you gotta pull it together here very fast. And I and honestly I usually would and then be able to come out and approach her. But that was a big to this day, both her and I process our anxiety in our gut. I mean, that is right. the first response is the gut. Mm-hmm. Um but also, as far as other things, you know, I and I didn't, again, I didn't have labels for it, and I probably got too frustrated at times as a mother. But, you know, Lauren would ask to go to the mall, and i take her, and then immediately I could feel she didn't want to be there. And then she'd even say, take, all right, can we go home? Um, I'm an extrovert as well as you girls are and she she's and it's a and so I'd be like oh I I need to be with the people (laughs) and and she needed to go home because her you know she was done she had to have had her fill Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of me and it took a lot of time and therapy, when she started therapy and I sat in and some, I just, it was just such a, a math learning lesson mm-hmm. that I wish I would have had earlier on because I didn't always deal with it uh, probably the best way I could have until I really had um, were, you know, words to, to understand what she was going through. So, you know, just a lot of, um, to this day, even though they don't live at home, she'll call me and I know what she needs to hear now. Uh, you know, like, like inauguration day, she mm-hmm. called panicky. Yeah. And I said, turn off, turn off the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did you do yoga? Mm-hmm. You, uh, you know, breathe. Yeah. Are you breathing? 
Right. Breathing is huge. Yeah, sure. Uh, for people with anxiety. Are you even breathing right? Yeah. Um, so I still have to pull out my tool belt mm -hmm. to help them. Right. Um, but, but thankfully both of them have gotten help and they have their own tools. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's becoming less and less than on, on me as far as being the, the one to come in. And yeah. It's cool though. It's cool <laughs> that you can have this debilitating condition and seek help for it and learn tools and it gets easier. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's right. Uh, that's amazing. That right. That, that that can happen. Right. That yeah. There is a way to make it more manageable. There is, and that's. I think that's an. If anybody listening to this podcast, that is, I think, just a really important message that there is really good. There is help out there. Right. And there. And I know that's easy to say when you have good insurance and and. It, I mean, we could talk about the system and how frustrating it actually yeah. is to deal yeah. with. But the truth of the matter is is th that there, tools do help. Yeah. yeah. Breathing helps. Mm -hmm. Exercise helps. Sleep schedules help. Mm -hmm. uh, eating right helps. Uh, anything you can do to physically feel better also helps your mental health. And I think those are just the first things. Yeah. My kids have actually very much learned those are the first places they go. Right. You know. Um, okay, I need to set a bedtime again. Yeah. I need to do yoga. Mm -hmm. I need to eat right. It My, can, yeah. Yeah, it can be easier to start from the outside in sometimes when the inside is so overwhelming and loud and all-consuming. Right. Sometimes you can't battle it with thoughts. You can't think yourself out of a panic no, attack. No, absolutely but not. But you can breathe yourself, maybe not immediately out of it, right. but gradually out of it. You can ground your feet out of it. You can get more sleep. You can do these physical things that have ripple effects that can really alleviate the, the very immediate stress in your brain right yeah right yeah. yes yeah before we reveal re reveal all our tools <laughs> our great I, many tools yeah our great many tools and our lady tool belts yeah <laughs> lady our tool pink tool belts, belts. Uh, yeah our pink that. tools um yeah. yeah i feel like there's maybe more people on the on the anxiety train that maybe have like just joined us on the roller coaster Due to what's happening in oh, the yeah. world, definitely, yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, I read a statistic today: approximately forty-two percent of America is experiencing more anxiety since Trump took office. And um, after the inauguration, it was the highest rate of call-ins to the suicide uh, to suicide hotlines since Robert Robin Williams uh, had tried to kill himself, and it was like six hundred calls per hour, Whoa. which are like staggering wow. yeah. statistics. Um, so it's it I feel like we're dealing with like a whole new set of circumstances that we have to that are probably creating anxiety in ways we don't even know and manifesting in strange ways we don't even know that we have to try to address and yeah and deal with yeah and find even like new ways to deal with new anxieties yeah about yeah the world and I think yeah. it's a lot of people experiencing anxiety that don't have practice with it and haven't spent half their lives cultivating tools in which to right. deal with it or even a language like even having a language 
with which to speak about what you're experiencing is such a privilege, I think. Yeah. Um, and something that that the majority of Americans I don't I don't think are exposed to yet. I guess I, I don't know about it's a fact, but Right. Well, yeah, I think at this point in time, like you say, there are all these new anxieties people are feeling and if you are feeling anxiety for the first time you yeah you don't have anything to work off of you don't have a history of successes mm -hmm. of alleviating um the 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 things it brings on and um yeah, I I worry about those people probably more than someone that's gotten help because they they've got some experience under their belt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, the new people. I yeah, we need. I don't. Um, I don't know what the right answer is, but we're going to need even even further more helpers out into the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Places people to for to go to learn this stuff. Yeah. 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 I the other crazy thing I read is that it feels like a crazy circle jerk because Donald Trump if you read if you do a psychoanalysis of his tweets which the state just did like they had a bunch of psychiatrists and psychologists some of who support him and some mm -hmm. who don't okay. so they tried to have like yeah. a, a sample an equal sample are like he is suffering from anxiety but he is dealing with his anxiety in lashing out and doing like the antithetical behaviors of helping people who are suffering from anxiety so it's like this weird circle jerk going yeah. on in the country that we're feeling his anxiety like literally as he acts out with it by Isn't by bullying and blaming yes. and yeah so yes. it's like where do we break the cycle when the person leading the country is suffering the same things like we yeah gotta, yeah. yeah I want to reach out and to him. his way uh, <laughs> his unhealthy way of dealing with it is to throw that out into our the the world and you're exactly right I that's an interesting because that's exactly what I feel when I do read his tweets or listen to something you know that he has said I feel like I'm being bullied right mm. right yeah yeah it feels very personal it does yes it does and I don't want to feel that I want to like almost rise above that right like okay stop reacting mm -hmm. but that's not humanly possible when we he uses the words he uses mm -hmm. and the tones he uses um you know, whether you agree with his policy or, or not is one thing. But he, the way he delivers his messages and the words he speaks, that's interesting that he's coming from a place of his own unhealthy mm -hmm. and yeah. affecting. I mean, truly, it's, it's a true issue. Yeah. He is throwing anxiety. He's oh. an anxiety producer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is statistically proven <laughs> at this point. Yeah. 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 It's um, crazy. And when crazy. and when you're just inundated with 
technology. It's it's input, 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 it input. Is. It's just a barrage. We're just constantly right. taking in content. Yeah. Right. And we feel, we feel, I was thinking how, okay, we should have some control, each person over not taking it in so much. And that is a tool you can use, definitely. But it's interesting because there's also this pressure in this our whole culture of today to know everything. Yes. Yeah, because you can. Yeah. Right? Like if, yeah. you're, if, if you're just on your computer all day, right. you can know the ins and outs. It's, exactly. It's available. It is available, and it's kind of expected. Yeah. I feel like in conversation with anybody, I had better be up on my current events now. Right. I'm telling you, I did not feel that pressure 20 years ago. <laughs> I did not. We walked around in a sunny cloud. <laughs> sunny. It, it's such a different world right now. Yeah. It just is so different. Well, we're also balancing with, like, the obligation to find the truth right now. Right. right. And fight for the truth. And that's something that's new. That's that something that's brand new. Moves. That the truth it's is not... moving every day. Yeah. So we have an obligation to fight for the truth and find the truth, yet also know when we have to to shut it off for own health. Yes. Which is a crazy struggle, especially if you want to be active in making change right now. And, and a responsible citizen, like yeah. I struggle with, is my own need to take a nap more important than... Going to a protest. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. finding out right. if fascism has arrived today. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. It's a weird, tricky. tough balance right now, I feel like. It is me. a tough yeah. balance. And I'm feeling like weird anxiety uh, symptoms come up for me that I that I do remember from high school that are like re-rearing uh, re their head. Not that I'm going to pass out right now, you guys. Good. But Good. more <laughs> that like I'm having like really tough sleeping patterns. Like some days I feel like so angry and upset that I cannot sleep. Like I will just stay up all night like reading or writing. In some ways I'm like I'm into this mania. And in other ways I'm like I know this is not healthy. Because right. two right. days later I'm like I need to sleep for like 13 hours. Right. <laughs> and it's like I, ha I feel like I have not dealt with that since high school when which was like actually the hardest academic part of my academic career, sorry, college and grad school, high school is harder, I would go through the same stuff where I'd be like, I have to study for all these hours or I am going to crash. I have to sleep for like 13 hours, which is like, I haven't felt this like since then. Yeah. Right. It's like very weird. Have you found yeah. any, have you found any useful tools in dealing with it or are you still like in the I'm middle I'm still trying of to figure up? out how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because I don't want to lose feeling angry right now. Like, I, that's like an emotion that I'm like, I feel like I should not lose this emotion to want to be active and make change and mm -hmm. be upset because I think it's like a valid emotion totally. to be feeling right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But it's hard to stay in that state. Yeah, constantly. you can't. You can't. It really wears yeah. you down. Yeah. yeah, it is. I think it's physically impossible. It is. Yeah. And that's yeah. then where, yeah, anxiety manifests. That For sure. Yeah. It's in there and. Sure. I can. I really, <laughs> you know, if it, for some reason I am feeling it, I was telling Angela that I'm clenching my teeth. Yeah. I'm not feeling the physical stomach stuff that actually usually comes with my anxiety first. Um, but I have noticed for several weeks now that I must be clenching my teeth, grinding my teeth. I've got 
TMJ that I've never had before in my yeah. life. And I'm like, wow, this is what I'm doing. Uh-huh. This is where it's going in me. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to co- be conscious about that and um, think about, okay, how, how, where, how am I, is my jaw locked right now? Am I doing it? Right. Um, yeah. Weird. It's weird to me because it's not usually my first order of business. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I know that that's where it's going for me right now. Yeah. Um, I took an anxiety test today, you guys. <gasps> Tell us about it. Yes. <laughs> I found something called the Calm Clinic, the which calm. will give you. Oh, I just, even the, the name of it makes right? me the calm. Cool. <laughs> yes. You can take a free anxiety test as well on the calmclinic.com word slash anxiety test (laughs) which I decided to take since we were talking about this today I got a score of 52 out of 100 which I guess on this scale I'm gonna say is an A plus yeah (laughs) yeah I was impressed when you told me that that's pretty good I feel like uh, this is when the the low numbers feel good yeah teach us your ways yeah right because I feel like I'm operating on like a 95 that's what I felt like so I guess I was like slightly relieved and then it will identify for you where that anxiety is manifesting for free, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then if you want like a more in-depth diagnosis, you have to pay for it. But it is cool to just see for free, like, okay, acknowledge where you may or may not know where that anxiety is like where manifesting were, for you. Can we ask where were you, yours? Yeah, mine was um, social situations, which mm. I was like surprised by. But stre- stress I was not surprised by. Just like stressful situations like will cause me to ha- have anxiety, which is evident as from our stories, we now know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> and those were like my two, out. yeah, those were my two main areas. And that it was like, learn how to manage your stress better. And I'm like, thank you. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. I know. But in case you don't know and you want to find out where the roots are and maybe it'll help you, uh, it was an interesting case study for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That's and it did give tools of what you can do to deal with it, which are probably tools we all know, but like, and the tools for like also when you're feeling overwhelmed by Trumpism or whatever you'd mm-hmm. like to call it, it's like, yeah, you gotta shut off the social media. You gotta go outside. You gotta right. get exercise. You gotta spend time with friends. You gotta choose your activism that makes you feel better, but not overwhelmed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Something that always kind of worked for me, especially before I was medicated for OCD. Um, because I would get stuck in these thought loops, um, where I would, I would literally like repeat a to-do list in my head hundreds and hundreds of times. And I felt like I couldn't move forward. I couldn't do anything. I could hardly communicate because I was so trapped in making sure I was thinking everything on my list so I wouldn't forget about it. Um, one thing that helped me was having like an anxiety chair, like a space in my house that was dedicated for anxiety. So you like set a timer and you say, all right, for 15 minutes, I'm going to sit in my anxiety chair and I am going to think all of these thoughts. And it's the time where I get to fixate on it. And that's all I get to think about. And then when the timer's up, then you get up and you like leave it in the chair. It's like reverse meditation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. I really it like is. that. Totally, <laughs> and it didn't always work, but a lot of times, right? But a lot of times it did, and it still crops up. Like I'll be in a yoga class or something, and the list will come back into my brain, and I won't be able to focus. And then another thing that I f- I find a little bit helpful is to think like that will still exist after this hour. 
yeah. all of those things I'm thinking about are still going to be there when I'm done with this. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes that helps me. Yeah. 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 You just saying anxiety chair makes me want to make an anxiety Anx- hat. Right? <laughs> and just give it to people just and be like, sh- here, think the thoughts think until the they thoughts go out of the cone. Yeah. <laughs> the cone hat. The cone Because <laughs> <laughs> the anxiety hat is shaped like a cone for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Got a point. Yeah, it's yes. got a point on and it. And like you can imagine the thoughts just going, just going out there. Out of, into the point. Yeah. How interesting. Anyway, mm-hmm. Angela, yeah. we should carry that around. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Your hat. Your hat. Yeah. I think we have a new video. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> totally. Um, I want to circle back to Barb and have her share any more knowledge she has. Yeah, to what impart. have you learned? Because you've you've become since with this experience with your kids, you yes. have really dove headfirst into learning as much as you can about this. Yeah. I, I as you guys were talking, I was remembering a counseling session um, along with Lauren in so she suffers from social anxiety and one of the things that her therapist taught her was um, okay so the idea of going to like a party Mm -hmm. or you know something even a class can conjure up in lots of people anxiety and what she taught her to do that I know was helpful and and worked with her at times was, first of all, if you have to drive yourself, drive yourself. The, people with social anxiety have a hard time with feeling trapped. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That makes so sense. that was a big thing. Like then if you need to drive yourself instead of go with the group in a car, you have your car there. So then you, you can, can leave. You're yeah. in charge. And just the idea of the fact that you can leave will allow you to stay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Um, and also, she just said, when you get in your classroom, look around you and find the door to walk out of. And know that you can walk out of that door anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's just the idea that... I can leave if I need to so I can stay. Just and it was just so interesting the the like the what I just found fascinating about therapy was um the real just tangible things you can I guess say to yourself mm-hmm. and you can find to do to just yeah, make the situations easier. Um you know, people have various opinion about medications, mm-hmm. um, and there some people try them and can't stand them. Some people, you know, won't Are live without them. them. Yeah, yeah, me. Um, but one thing I remember a doctor saying to Lauren when she was giving her her first prescription was. You don't have to take this for the rest of your life, but if it just allows your brain to settle down mm-hmm. till you can figure this stuff out, till you can learn the tools. So some people use medication very short term. Yeah, it helps them re- yeah. sort of reroute, like yeah. make the, the switch easier to flip. Exactly. And then they, they, have, they learn the tools to be able to go off the medication. Some people need medication their whole life. I think, again, it's a chemical... Um, I don't, I'm not good at the science of it. Um, therapists have explained it, but I just, I'm not, I didn't retain all that information. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, you know, medicine is very, I think that's just such a personal 
decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think one needs to, yeah, feel bad about taking it. And it doesn't have to be forever all the time either. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's some things with uh, Lauren specific. You know, I've learned myself with um, with some. Uh, I I can still get situational anxiety. I live in Minnesota, and for and I think I had a bad driving experience. I don't even remember this in the snow, but I get weird about driving in the snow mm-hmm. still now. And I can get where I start getting tingly. That's a oh, you know in the in the hands and stuff. That's some sort of circulation. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I breathing is a, a a huge tool, and really, it's as simple. It can be as simple. I don't want to call anything about anxiety simple, but just counting your breaths in and out, so you're making sure that you're actually bringing in the right amount and mm-hmm. releasing the right amount. I don't think we realize when we go into that uh, flight, fright and flight, mm-hmm. how our breathing changes. Sure. Yeah. And breathing, breathing is just a really, and, you know, since I've learned that and in my own situations, I really feel anxiety calming when I change my breathing. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm not a big meditator. I, I just I just am not disciplined enough or something. Um, I don't do yoga. But th- these are all things other people get great help with. I think it's called uh, not yoga, but the breathing stuff. Isn't it? Isn't that biofeedback? Is that what that's called? I think biofeedback is when somebody does an analysis of like your whole body, hmm. of when of like what is ailing you. I oh. think there's some sort of thing like with with breathing, <laughs> breathing where you can slow your heart rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can slow your heart right. rate by by slowing your breathing and yes. and willing it to. You can right. You can change. You can change your insides. Yeah, yeah. you can actually yeah. yeah slow things down. And Wait, ladies, get hold of what steams your clam about anxiety? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm. You go first. You go well, I just you know watching it affect people's life. You know, there's we we didn't really define stress. You know, there's stress and worry, and then there's anxiety. Yeah, yeah. It's different. It's very different. They interact, but yeah, they're different. They do. Yeah. Yes, and anxiety literally changes your life in a not good way Mm -hmm. um you don't you can't always do the things that you want to do because you're feeling that um so what bakes (laughs) bakes my clam yeah (laughs) what bakes that clam steams it about anxiety steams is that it interrupts our lives yeah our quality of life gets messed up when we're wanting to do these great things mm-hmm. and and enjoy the world and and instead we're fighting ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That steams me. Yeah. Um I'm, I'm going to bring it back to the politics of course you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean what steams me is that there's um, someone who is supposed to be leading us who is unwittingly 
I think I actually do think unwittingly inflicting anxiety on a lot of people um, who haven't experienced it before. And I think like that is stemming from some deep place of pain for him, probably, which we don't acknowledge, which we don't often acknowledge. And so I will acknowledge that it's coming from some it's coming. It's pain inflicting more pain, which just is a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what we do to fix it. And so it extra steams my clam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it feels like it feels like besides protesting and being as active as we can, there's not much we we can't make him feel better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that is that. that's a really excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Ange, what's what's steaming your clam about anxiety? Well, I think what's steaming my clam is that like I'm I'm really feeling it. I really felt it yesterday, really intensely. It really immobilized me for a lot of the day. Um, just about a bunch of creative projects that I have going on right now, and just fear that that anxi- anxiety, just like this this sort of dread, this sort of fast heartbeat, um, this immobilizing feeling that, I don't know, I start to like really spiral and it's all for nothing and there's no purpose and there's no point and you know, you just spiral and spiral and spiral. And it takes you out of enjoying it does. the actual it does. joy, like the yeah. art, the joy of creating, of, right. of why we're out here, you know, trying to do things that we love. I don't like that it takes us out of the moment. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to keep creating with you. So. Yes. Oh. <laughs> we need to end on a positive note. Yeah. Though. I'm going to say clams. This too shall pass. This I mean, sh- that's almost all I know what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that it, things do come and go. They ebb they and do. flow. Uh, yes. Feelings. Yes. Feelings are not permanent. Right. They're and not. I, yeah. I had a therapist once who told me like you can only actually hold on to a feeling for like eight seconds physiologically if you focus on it and then it turns into a different feeling yeah exactly yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. really f- fleeting and right. that uh, we're doing this which is always wonderful and fun yeah. and if you're listening we're listening to you yes so please reach out on instagram or twitter and let us know what we're doing right what we're doing wrong mm-hmm. and if you want to come on yeah, we want to talk to you. We want to talk to you. Wait, wait, real quick. What's making your clams dance? Yeah. Oh, a new one. What? Uh, being here oh, for me. Oh, yeah. Visiting my sweet niece oh. and meeting Lindsay yes. for the first time. I know. Um, yeah, I, so I'm dancing. Dancing, I love dancing. That. Yeah. Mine is so simple. I, I'm working from home tomorrow. Oh, yeah. that's, yeah. that's a beautiful. That's so good. Clam dance. Yeah. To work. Hanging yes. out with my dog. It's going to be great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What's making your clam dance, Angie? Um, what's making my clam dance? Besides Miss Bub, everybody <laughs> yeah. here. Um, knowing that I get to sleep in Sunday morning. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's I'm not, really focusing not tomorrow. Forward. Nope, yeah. not the not next the next day. day. Yeah. But in three days, I'm going <laughs> right to sleep in. Right now, it's the little things. It's the little things. Really, yeah. yeah. It really That's makes beautiful. me clam dance. Because I, 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 I need to shut down and, and reset for a second. But I don't yeah. have time to do it until Sunday. Until yeah. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Then, yes. Then I'll do it. Make cool. a date with yourself, too. Yeah. Shut down. Shut down. Sometimes the clam's got to spend some time with a clam right. <laughs> that's how it goes yeah uh, I don't know what that means but I like I, it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yay it's another episode thank yay. you for listening thank you, thank you for so being much. here bye thank you for having me it was me. so fun and if I'm available yeah I was just gonna all say all you podcasters <laughs> all you midwestern podcasters <laughs> yeah, yeah. get up, on it hit up Barbara Jean yeah. Winchester oh, on goodness. the Facebook yeah yes. or find her house Minnesota so, yeah. podcasters get on it <laughs> all right Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.